third best pod where we crown the champion of the bronze medal. I'm Dan Herman, and I'm here with BDC. How's it going, dude? It's going good, man. How are you? You know, I'm living the life in the basement. I'm about three to four weeks away from uh, isolating before my wife gives birth to the kid. So we got a little time to go. If this is a little, yeah, little baby Dan, hopefully not. Hopefully it's more baby Catherine than baby Dan. (laughs) Uh, If this is your first listen, third best pod is an old fashioned bar argument about a range of topics from movies, music, food, or anything else that's worth debating. If we're not going to be debating things at their best, it's always more interesting to me to ask what somebody thinks is a third best because it forces you to think about something when it's not at its pinnacle. For example, it's pretty boring to learn that somebody thinks Dune is Frank Herbert's best book, but what the third best story in that universe is, is a much more wide open debate. Ideally, you spend some time thinking about your choice, what it would be, avoid storming the Capitol, re-engage with our picks, and come out the other side ready to fight for universal health care during a global pandemic in a new presidency. At the least, we get you cursing at us while you snowblow your driveway. BDC, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about third best MF Doom album. Sadly, we lost the man recently. I guess we learned that we lost him recently. It turns mm-hmm. out he passed on Halloween, if, if the stories are true. Our guest today is Murph Johnson, a creative director and beloved owner of Blackstack Brewing. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Strictly Bricks. Murph, how's it going? Anything you want to let the people know about? Um, I'm fantastic, dude. Thank you guys for having me on. I was extremely stoked for you to ask me to do this because I, I love arguing about this kind of stuff. And it's right up my alley and we all miss bar arguments right oh more than more than anything definitely more than bar agreements for sure i'll I'll say that for listeners at home in the background of murph's screen there's a uh, mf doom vinyl of a certain release that i'm sure we will talk about so i'm sure we will and it was uh it was <laughs> really funny because it's always sitting there i just had to move uh some of my whiskey out of the way so we could see it in, in full. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> I've been a very big fan since I was like like 13, 14 years old. Like I guess since I started smoking pot and it's I've I've just loved the aesthetics of it. I've I've loved everything about it for, for a very long time. So I'm glad you guys asked me to do this and I really, yeah. really appreciate yeah. it. Well we'll get to that in yeah. a second. Murph, we recently did third best Nintendo system. Gut shot. <laughs> what is the third best Nintendo system? Fuck, dude. Man, I think I think I gotta go NES. It's like I I will always be my dude, like, you know, my dude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Dan is forever, grinning. Forever has my heart. Like obviously, that was those are my formative years. All that shit. Goldeneye, Perfect Dark, Super Mario. So many fucking Donkey Kong. You remember when you had to get the new fucking memory pack to play the Donkey Kong cartridge? But the yellow. Oh Donkey yeah. Cartridge? What was your house rule around Odd Job? Because everybody has a house ruler on odd job. Oh no, no, no! I'm like, that's everything's fair game, baby. Oh, <laughs> wide chaos, open chaos. I'm like, I, I, I totally get it, but I'm like, first one, first one to pick, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag get good. If you can't kill odd job, you can't play golden eye right. And then fucking perfect dark came out, and it was like quite literally just like the, the slightly user improved interface with aliens of fucking golden eye, and that was just yeah. Like, we talked about that. Perfect dark is an improvement. Although is, we all it, nostalgic. Oh yeah, my. it is. It is. And it's like that cyberpunk that I want. Yeah, literally yeah. all the shit like downtown Tokyo at nighttime, like fucking yeah. vibes. Like 
N64, every time I fucking see that shit, I'm just like, I need that. Can we just talk about how that's also just the most pleasing control shape of all time? Oh no. Oh no. You and oh, Ben have no. fights. I literally, I prefer PlayStation. The only time I get excited enough to buy a new system is when a new Grand Theft Auto comes out because otherwise my girlfriend would be like, we don't spend any fucking time together and you're going to fucking play video games for the time <laughs> at our house. <laughs> yeah, how's it been 11 years since the last Grand Theft Auto? It feels like. I literally, I can't wait. You know what I mean? It's like, it was every time it's so fucking sick and it's grandiose. Yeah. And just keep going for miles. Yeah, sorry. We're getting I, off topic a little bit. No, it's fine. I, I would rather wait for the next Grand Theft Auto than have Cyberpunk 2077. Yep. Because that came I, out, I, I waited five years for that game. And it was probably in development longer. And I bought it on PlayStation like four. Because I don't have any new shit. And I got it refunded. I was like, this is awful. I can't. It's unplayable. It was an unplayable game. I couldn't do it. There would have been a new Grand Theft Auto out. I would probably be shaking down some homies for some hype stats to trade for one of one of those PS5s. <laughs> but all that happens. So. Right on. I'm all right, twelve hundred twelve hundred dollars worth of beer just for one of those. <laughs> there is a, a thing from Floodlands out in Seattle. Where, like I've only had like one or two of their beers, but they're absolutely phenomenal. As a dude who used to work at Holy Mountain, and. Like, they keep getting posted on like worst beer blog because they're they keep getting more detailed in like what you can and can't do with the bottles after you get them. <laughs> and it's like please do not trade for Xbox One, like in parentheses after one. Of oh my god, that's amazing. That's so funny. This is the world we live in now. Like this <laughs> Murph. As an iconoclast that has their beer traded for a lot of things. Uh, you named one of your incredible beers, all caps, after our good man. So it only felt right to have you on the episode. We're really glad that you joined us. But the question becomes, what is the third best Daniel Demille release? Dude, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And it took me a really long fucking time. Because I'm like, it's, you know, I've, I've listened to all the shit. Like I had all this on CDs. And when I was like in, that I bought from Fifth Element when I was in fucking seventh grade. And with my milk money or whatever the fuck I was doing at that point to get. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> not important, but the amount of fucking material that he's put out is a lot to digest. And so like, I'm going back through fucking everything, dude. Like all the MF Doom stuff, all the Victor Bond stuff, like King Ghidorah, Special Herbs and Spices. I mean, and fucking Mad Villain, dude. And it's daunting. It's like so much shit that I love. So I was like, yeah. I love that you guys did this because this is a fucking incredible question, man. Like, I got to go, like, number one, I got to go with Operation Doomsday. It is what it is. It's magical. Hot take. That's a hot take. Beautiful. That's a hot take. I see that. Like, that's my, you know, my favorite Doom song ever, fucking Gas Rawls is, is on that. That and Fancy Clown off of Mad Villain are probably, like, my two favorites. Yeah. So then... Now we're getting to the weeds. Like, Food, King Ghidorah, and Mad Villain are all very seminal to me. And, like, were times in my life where I was literally, like, I just got a fucking iPod, and I listened to this shit on repeat. Brings me back to a very visceral time of, like, walking. Like, instead of taking the bus in high school, I used to walk across the Franklin Everett Bridge to get a ride with my buddy to go to South High School. And I have certain songs will hit me, and I'm just like, this is exactly this place on this fucking walk sophomore year of high school on repeat 
I love those visceral, like take you back moments. Like I, you know, I, I feel like anything that can give you that feeling at this point is something to lean into. Like in everything is fucking digital. Everything is. I, I heard a thing which was art paints and colors, music paints and memories. Oh, wow. Wow. Fuck Damn. Man. That's. Damn, and then, Dan. That's one of those things. You're gonna make me fucking cry on this. <laughs> well, podcast, but but dude. think about that, right? I, I, you, you know, you've you've got you've got songs that you associate with ex girlfriends or ex friends or whatever it is, and there's oh, yeah. a there's a part very early in a relationship. The later you get into uh, a relationship with somebody, where you say, "Am I ready to share this with you?" And it's selfish, and some people are yeah. better about it, or they don't care as much about it, and there's no right or wrong part of it, but. You know, I still think of Jimmy World with my high school girlfriend because I listened to them at First Avenue before they released Bleed American, which later became Jimmy World. We listened to Goodbye Sky Harbor. They played the entire thing when I was 16 and a half years old. And I was sitting there with my first girlfriend after I had lost 100 pounds in middle school. I sat there and I went through that and, and I will never be able to associate clarity and bleed American with anybody else as much as I want to share that with anybody else I've, I've been with since, but like music is tied to things, American football, Ben, you'll make fun of me for this. American football is one of my favorite bands of all time. We almost had Mike Kinsella play at our wedding because of our friend, Aaron McIntosh. They were too busy in the studio to show up to my wedding pricks. Also it's my one year anniversary. So they didn't show for that either. You jerks. But, uh, I think about that where where my sister flew up from North Carolina to be with me while I was going through my divorce and watched that that show with me at First Avenue. Again, there's a there's a common bond here and it's First Avenue, but music is tied to times and I have no problem with that. Murph, I'm so excited that you have an element of this, which is you remember the exact like block that you first heard accordion probably oh yeah oh i can tell you for sure absolutely man. I, can, like, I have cut in between prospect park and franklin avenue like down the down the franklin avenue hill when you're coming to, like just about to cross mississippi and it was literally right there like there's a little asphalt cut and i've taken that a billion times in my life and i can remember viscerally the first time i ever heard that song i have the same with um food like I have the same, I had a Zune cause I, you know, cause I was cool and alternative. <laughs> and, uh, and I used to take the city bus to school and I lived over in like Linden Hills area and I bust up to like uptown. So I remember getting off at the uptown station Where, and you playing go that. I went to Southwest for a while and then I switched to Watershed. So many of my homies went to Watershed and we'll probably know a ton of people then <laughs> and Larry Nicola. Yep. Yep. Literally. So like, the guy that does all the graphics with me now, he went to South for a year and then went to Watershed. And oh, what's his name? Is it Ben Willie? Yes, it is. Yeah, ben I know Ben Willie. Willie. I went yeah, to ben Willie. yeah, I love Ben yeah. Willie. One of my yeah. best friends, yeah, since middle school. Amazing guy. But also, oh, yeah. like, it's hilarious how much of my memories are literally tied back to going to and from Uptown. Oh, to, yeah. To get into mischief when, when I was Oh, there. I mean... And, you have got one of my one of my like old best friends, and I still consider him a best friend. I haven't seen him in a really long time, but Al Green works for you guys yeah. at Blackstack. Yeah. I found MF Doom with him. Like we went to go see Rock the Bells out at like the Myth way back in the day, and MF Doom was supposed to play, and he never showed up. 
And that was a time when I was kind of like, okay, this is a performance piece. This is like, yeah. this is some weird shit that I'm into. So, so I have so many memories of the same shit, like fucking walking around uptown, listening to that stuff, like hanging out with people, bumping gonna, all of these tracks. I'm Oh, straight up. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. This was the Rock the Bells that was at uh, Tinley Park outside of Chicago. And there's like this little side stage that Doom was performing on. And I just remember like him coming out to Benzy Box off the mouse in the mask. And he was just yeah. wearing a full fucking ghillie suit with a, Darryl, <laughs> like a green Daryl Strawberry jersey. And I was like, that is the coolest thing. And at the time, it was like when there was a whole bunch of like, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of performances, like MF Doom performances that aren't MF Doom. And it yep. was, you know, it was a big thing. But it was, I was literally, I was like, if this this isn't him, like, I will fucking eat my shoes right now. Because <laughs> like that, <laughs> that, that motherfucker right there, dude, it was like, it made me yep. so happy, dude. It was just. I was reading about him again, like, this was a while ago I was reading about him. Because I saw him, I can't remember where I saw him. It was here in town somewhere in Minneapolis, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't him. Oh, yeah. Like, there was no fucking way it was him. Oh, dude. Which is fine. Like, I was okay with that. It didn't matter. You know, it was great. It's the performance but, thing. It's like, it was... Well, he's... He, I got... I got yeah, he MF Doom, and all I got was this super dope t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he, like, he said, you know, he's he's putting on a show. This is an artist. He, whoever he decides to play Doom at that moment is going to be Doom. Which I so, think is rad. Like it's a, it's a, where's the matter? Ass shit, dude. Like no one. That's some, yeah. some performance yeah. artist like mind fuckery right there. That is not happening with most rap. Here's my question. He's dead. If you didn't know he was dead and you went to go see an MF Doom show, would you be good with that? Did they fuck up by saying that he's dead? Is MF Doom bigger than Daniel Demil? They held off literally two oh, months. Yeah. Should they have just been like, we're good? Like, right. they didn't fucking know, dude. You know, like... Right. Rhyme Series didn't fucking know. It was... Would you go to an MF Doom show right now knowing that it wasn't him? Yes, I would. It's it's Andy Kaufman. It's an Andy Kaufman bit. He's like our generation's Andy Kaufman. I used to go to fucking Drake night every week at, at First Ave. Like, I still love his music no matter fucking what. You know, I'm not like... Right. Hearing that fucking loud, dusty... Like, the loud speakers at First Ave, you know... That brings you back. Like, dude, I've been, I've been going there since I was in fucking seventh grade. Because and, and we're also all dusty about first half right now, you know, because it's like, yeah. oh, my God. A friend of mine was like, I would watch Nickelback right now at first half. <laughs> I'd pay to see Nickelback anytime just to say that I'd paid to see Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> Not even during a pandemic. No, I'm like, I'm sure I'm going to be smoking cigarettes the entire fucking show. I'll tell you that right now. But I went to a Nickelback show one time, like. How many people can say that? <laughs> right. I'm pretty right. sure all of Nickelback is actually just cigarettes. That's they're made of cigarettes. So don't even worry about it. That's, the That's on brand. It's to think about is just them, <laughs> them being the final <laughs> act and just the entire crowd clearing out and smoking cigarettes for their whole set. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get Murph's third though? Or I just tossed out like a, a mishmash of of the three. I'm going with Mad Villain for three. Mad Villain for three, okay. Yeah. So wait, so Mad Villain three. Mad Villain three, Operation Doomsday number one, and uh, food two, right? Food number two, and then King Geeter number four. We have a lot of yeah. lot of memories tied to to that. Oh yeah. I'll go next because Mad Villainy one is a thing, 
But my my third was King Ghidorah, really, and it came down to Vaudeville Villain versus Take Me to Your Leader. But Phasers is pretty much my favorite MF Doom song. Follow the light. The light is your guide. Yeah. <laughs> I hate skits in rap albums. Like that was a that was an issue of a time, but they made that work. Absolutely. And really one of the things about Take Me to Your Leader that makes me so excited about it is it shows his production. It doesn't rely on his wordplay. It is a flawed album. It has too much of the skit stuff. They're all they all sound dusty and but that's the whole aesthetic, dude. That's like the beauty. I have no problem with the dusty. I have no problem with the dusty. Enter the 36 Chambers is is my favorite rap album of all time. I heard it when I was nine years old, which is when you guys were like three years old. Not to old man card this, (laughs) but like y'all are in diapers is what Dan's doing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I will do what Raekwon and Method Man were talking to each other about to you guys if you want to not get into the old man <laughs> shit about this. But no, uh, they aren't too much. Victor Vaughn went too far with the skits. That's the true. open mic night stuff, it was too into the thing. That's a skip for me, dog. So take me, take me to your leader so, is, uh, so- is, is number three. And Matt Villainy, number one. M Food, two. Although, again, like yeah. Kermit, I would possibly trade M food with Operation Doomsday. There are certain places for certain albums in this. And, you know, one and three probably have more in common than two and four to me on a lot of these elements. That's harsh, because if you want me to go now, I've got it all fucked up compared. Well, not all <laughs> fucked up. Do it. Do it up. I have a fucking hot take. So number one, we're going to go backwards than what we normally do because I think this works out well. Number one is Um Food for me. That was like the first vinyl I ever bought. It was like the first, not the first MF Doom shit I heard because King Ghidra stuff was the first stuff I heard when I was like 10 or 11 at my friend Chris's house and his brother, all that stuff. (laughs) So, So, but I think that he's got like some of the best. I mean, he produces most of the shit on there. Uh, Murph is peeing right now in the podcast. Yeah. So everybody's clear. Sorry. When you went into a bathroom, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, we don't want to cut tape, dude. You got to keep the flow going. <laughs> you just got to keep it going. <laughs> I love the commitment to the bit. It's great. <laughs> um, um Food is my first. It's the first vinyl I ever bought. It's like not the first MF Doom I ever heard but it's like a pivotal album for me. Uh, there's multiple memories of, of listening to that throughout high school and just it blowing my mind. His production on that is stupid good. He's got- it's Fucking crazy. They're nuts, they're nuts. And like, I don't know, it's like that classic golden era style stuff that he's doing, but it's also mixed up and like kind of like what rap should be moving towards. At least that's what he's like pointing at, I feel like. Yeah, the samples are fucked. The samples are like, I don't know how he found them, but he made them work so well. Like the production on Potholders is so good. That song's beat is nuts. Like it's insane. And the lines are like so precise and it's food themed. So of course, like my big ass is like, let's do this. Like I I cooked for a living for so long (laughs) that it's like, this is it. Like he's talking about all the shit that I want to hear. Number two is Mad Villainy, just because I wrote in my notes, Mad Villainy, because duh. The production value alone is insane. Yeah, I was I was reading online about how the contract for Mad Villainy was signed 
Like when they signed for Stone's Throw with Doom, it was signed on a paper plate, which I thought was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and, but, I mean, that's according to Wikipedia. But if that, I don't even care. That's mythology to me. Yeah. It's perfect. It's one of the most perfect albums in my mind. I can listen to it constantly. My third is, and this is a hot take, I guess, is Born Like This. I fucking love that album. I think it's really good. He comes fucking swinging out of it. It is angry. It has like two Dilla tracks on it. One of my favorite Dilla tracks, Lightworks, is on it. Him and Dilla. That's a whole other podcast right there. Like favorite Dilla tracks. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. We'll for have sure. you on for that one too, Murph. <laughs> yeah, that one is. I mean, Jay Dilla is the best that has ever lived in my mind. It's. I get goosebumps when I hear him like on a Dilla track. Like it's. That's it's true. nuts. You know, it's, it's so it's, crazy. It's history. It's visceral. It's tangible. It's like, this is the rock yeah. fucking gets like find it's like when you find a sweater at like a fucking used clothing store and it fits you and it's like broken in you're like was this made for me that's what i feel like that album with those dilla tracks are are for you know it just it made so much sense and so and he's got like one of my favorite tracks on there and at least like one of my favorite doom songs is that's that and it's all about him coming back basically he's like i've been gone too long but he's basically saying like this is it i'm the best y'all suck that's that like yeah. this is it <laughs> it's a persona mf doom is a persona and he's a he's evil so there's this evilness in that album that i think like overrides everything and it fucking it blows me away every time i listen to it the only thing for me that i want to make sure is totally clear my all-time i like really my all-time favorite song featuring mf doom is rock cocaine flow by De La Soul. By De La Soul. It's also my favorite De La Soul song, which a lot of people will possibly go after me on, but that song is perfect. Yeah, I'm not going to agree with you on that necessarily, but I do love, I absolutely fucking love that song. Just anytime you play with the meta of music is where I'm into it, and the, like the rock, cocaine, flow. Like when they slow it down, that's that's my and shit. It, yeah, and That like, fucking beat is nuts. Like the way they spell it, you know, it's ro.co.ko.kane.flow it's fucking great yeah it's i love that track also that album i think crack too like the grind date was so, oh yeah it was so good yeah shout yeah. out to Layla, my land yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah i mean i guess i guess mine is a hot take but like i music is personal to a certain extent and i, I remember when that came out it had been a while since he had released something besides like special herbs um and it just kind of blew me away i also like the king Ghidra stuff a lot vaudeville and was super close for me that was my original third pick and then i i listened to born like this again today and like this whole week and i was like fuck this is so good like he clears his throats on songs which i i love it dude it's so good like you can can edit that out dude but it's honest you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah. And it's like in the middle of like after it's not even like in the middle of a verse or something. Sometimes it is, but it's like right before, like he could have done another take. He's like, nah, it's yeah, good. Exactly. Like, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> and it's still like one take. I nailed that in one take. Got it. Got it. I, it's the whole, like the whole villain persona of like, this is what you get, you know, like I'm evil. This is it. I'm a fucking, I'm an asshole. So this is, this is what I get. <laughs> I said Phasers is my favorite song. That's not true. My favorite song by MF Doom or on an MF Doom album is The Mask 
off of the mouse and the mask. Dude, that, that shit is. That album is so good. Benzie Box is visceral, visceral. Like I still listen to that shit all the time, and that like that yep. brings me back to a place. So my my thing is this: the the number one, mm, the number two hip hop album I want the most is for them to even do an EP or whatever they have of the Ghostface and MF Doom album. Yeah, God, I, because that's been yeah. that's been rumored for a really long time. And if and like the mask, if that's any indication of what they had ready to go, that's that's an all time great rap album. Yeah, I'm like, dude, tell me who I'd be more excited about to hear a fucking album from with MF Doom than literally Ghostface. And I'm like, I'm I'm hard pressed literally to think of of anybody I'd be more fucking excited There's about fucking album dropping with. And it's any other uh, MF Doom albums we want to push people towards. I think Zarvase uh, and Metal Face is a great album. That's a good it one. is more of a Zarvase album than it is a MF Doom album. That's why it wasn't qualified for this one. Uh, also, again, speaking of Ghostface, Zarvase and uh, Ghostface is an incredible album. That is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And, that was and, what I recently got into. I never really listened to Zarface that much. And then recently, like within the last like year, I listened to it. And, I was like, and, oh, shit. and tying it back into it, I listened to that album for the first time in an airport in the UP flying back uh, after I had proposed to my wife a year and change yeah. ago. So, so that mm-hmm. album is like, again, you, you paint with colors when you're doing art. You paint with memories when you're doing music. That is a thing that I will always associate with sitting in the tiniest airport and also the only airport I've ever missed a flight in, in spite of the fact that I only show up to flights about 25 minutes before they take off, uh, even though I could have gotten to that flight (laughs) in three minutes. I'm only not bitter about it because I walked to the Costco that was within the air flight pattern and had a hot dog and I was like, I'm good. I'm not mad anymore. Dan, are you saying that you don't show up to flight? You get to flights 25 minutes beforehand? You oh, fucking... Yeah. yeah, you're about that like, clear life, dude. Oh, yeah. I just I, had a fucking I, anxiety I, attack just listening to that. Like, I my, I can't go to a movie. My mom fucked me up. I can't go to a movie when the trailers are playing. I, like, freak out. I have to get there, like, 10 minutes you need, early. You need to get clear, dude. Like, literally, it's the most relieving that, the amount of flights I would have missed, like, I'll show up to MSP wow. and there's, like, 900 people in the fucking line. And I'm literally like, hey, yeah, like, my mom got the family pass for the shit. I don't really know how it works. And then they're like, all right, scan your eyeballs right here. And then they just walk in. <laughs> Here's their, like, you don't even have to show your driver's license. Like, yeah. I literally wow. forget my fucking license and still get on a flight free and clear. Yep. So pre-check. I I'm pre-check. I'm I'm hashtag fam pre-check. And I just walk in. Time and I always, I'm like, should I lie? I'm like, can I can I leave my shoes on? They're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> pre-check. You don't pre-check. Pre-check. You leave the shoes on. You just walk through. They're like, I got I'm like I got this jacket. They're like, no, you're good. Don't worry about it. They always ask you, dude. But they're they're always like walking down the line. And they're just like, are you pre-check? Are you pre-check? Are you pre-check? And I'm like, I feel like this is a victimless crime. But then I'm super terrified. I'm like. Am I going to get pulled aside once I get over there and like, you weren't pre-check, like, get back. <laughs> Even if I had pre-check shit, I would be there fucking like a half an hour early. No yeah, way. I, I, I freak out. out. I, show up, I show up 
less than 45 minutes before my flight most times if I'm not checking a bag. No. And that's literally, like, literally, I will be early to my, I'll be sitting, having finished my McDonald's and board at the fucking gate. <laughs> No, really? dude, that freaks me out. No, I no, can't do so, it. I gotta so be there. Dude. This one experience. I didn't file my taxes last year, but I gotta be early to my flight, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's my fucking life. <laughs> this one experience. This summer, I flew to Traverse City, went to this beautiful, beautiful cottage. I was one minute <laughs> post check-in. And she was like, oh, you're late for your flight. And I was like, okay, what do you want me to do right now? And she's like, well, I'm not going to put you on the plane. I was like, I'm 30, I'm, I'm literally 30 feet away from this. I'm like, I feel like your fingers could have moved a little faster when you're checking me in there. Don't even care about this. <laughs> like, is, is the door closed? And she called it in. It's like, oh, no, we're not okay with this. Okay, okay, great. Okay, what do you want to do about this lady? I can, I can, I can fuck off and go to this Costco and then work from your little delightful one table patio but like no i literally 20 minutes after i left an airport where like when i was eating a hot dog at costco i watched my flight take off i was able to walk a mile and then order a hot dog and then walk outside of that costco and watch my plane take off i was like i could have made the 30 foot walk Sorry. Also, shout amazing. out to Costco hot dogs. Shout out the to best. Costco hot dogs. Beautiful. Also, yeah. Goddamn dollar fifty hot dog you ever had in your life. Yeah, dude. Also pizzas. Do you guys pizza know about great. the story of the the original founder stepping down and and the new CEO going into Costco? I know this one. So the new CEO was like, "Hey, um, we need to charge more for these Costco hot dogs." And the original founder, head of the board, said, you figure out how to sell a hot dog for $1.75 or I'm going to take your fucking life. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's, <laughs> he's committed to this fucking hot dog down in a Tube meat is not going to be more than $1.75. <laughs> no, why, dude, why would it ever be? A hilarious. All right, Murph. We do a lightning round. Do you have the lightning round ready to roll? What is your third best First Avenue show? Ooh. You guys got my, Damn. my mental, got me rolling this earlier. That's a good one. First half talk. Are we talking, you, okay, to clarify, are we talking main room or are we talking? We're talking any room. Entry. Right? We're, okay. we're talking any room, entry, record room, like. Okay. For whatever your heart desires no nothing is off limits ben do you have one ready or i, I think i i think i can put it together put it together because i gotta think a little bit all right so i'm gonna go with i got like four that I need i'm gonna to go like. with third best is tv on the radio right after dear science came out okay because that was right after their bass player died. Like yeah, the that's right. Player. So they were playing hard. Also, I didn't love that album when it was released. But that show made me go, holy shit. This is not only the best album that they are going to do. Like in that moment, I was like, this is the best album they're going to do. Which is also still true. But it was the best album they've ever done. Yes. That's fair. Meshuggah. Ooh, that's good. 
number, number two. two. That's number two. When I saw them, uh, I was coming back from a wedding. I almost didn't go to that show because I was so hungover. But I got physically assaulted by music in that. And I, I'm a dude that's respectful. Uh, if you don't know, I'm yeah. 6'7", 280 pounds, sometimes 260, sometimes 295. I don't cross that <laughs> 295 line very often because that's where like – a lot of men yeah, I, I'm, I'm not gonna. Dan, no one's gonna shame me for crossing that fucking line. No, I I see that line and I and I walk it back. Um, but again, large human being. <laughs> I referred to myself on my first date with my now wife uh, as a uh, refrigerator of a human being. I'm just boxy. True. So it goes. True. So I don't go to the front anymore. That was uh, when I was 16, 17. It's not because I'm worried about myself in the pit. I would destroy anybody in the pit. It's about being <laughs> respectful to other people. Is visual sight lines. Right, yeah. I stand behind the soundboard because A, that's where the best music is. And B, if you stand behind me, behind that, there's plenty of places for you to see at First Avenue. Yeah. The issue for me is like number one best experience at any of the rooms because I saw health play 7th Street when ICP was playing the main room. So it was a bunch of <laughs> shitty noise punk kids no that are way too into their own shit. And oh, it was fuck. fucking amazing. And we walked out and i it's the most terrified I've ever been in my life because I was surrounded by juggalos <laughs> and also a bunch of like skinny kids wearing tight jeans. So that's that's up there for me. Oh, I, I also saw Om... Um, which is the bass, the, the rhythm section from uh, Sleep at 7th Street Entry and, yeah, and, le- and legitimately snuck oh, Andy Heater from uh, Bells into the place by saying that it was a promo of his. <laughs> there you go. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the thing would be another one. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Third best First Avenue property, I would say Main Room. <laughs> oh, you're bringing in another question into this now. Because that's what we do. Seventh Street Entry, Turf Club, Main Room. Uh, Turf Club's great, but like I used to go to so many sketchy DJ shows with my that my buddies were doing at the Record Room. Oh, sure. Yeah. While that yeah. was a thing. You guys, what's going on with your uh, uh, third best First Ave show? <sighs> All right, I, I'll, I'll go. I got I got some lined up, I think. Third best. Fuck, this is tough, man. This is tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, that's a good question, bro. It's, a, it's great. It's a fucking you know, amazing question. So my third best, number one for me, I'm going to work backwards because I have to kind of like put this up. Number one for me is sleep. I saw sleep in 2019. Uh, they're probably one of my favorite bands. I, I won't say they're my favorite band because there's a bunch of different bands that I like. Uh, I've waited 11 years to see that show. I bought tickets when they had come one time and I had to work and I gave them to somebody. I will always remember that night. I was fucking higher than a kite and <laughs> like, BDC. it was insane. BDC, I was at that show. I yeah. watched them play Dragonaut and I was so high I left. <laughs> <laughs> That's ex- perfect. That's they perfect. asked. They asked not to start until midnight because yeah. they only wanted to play at four twenty. 
and that's my birthday. So shout out to Gabby and aforementioned Andy Heater. They bought me tickets to this show for my birthday. And I went, we went to McKenzie, had some beers. Yep. On the way over, some things happened. And then I watched <laughs> sleep until I was like, I got to go home because I'm not good at being high. Sorry, mom. <laughs> I, I fucking ate a stupid amount of edibles, which I don't, they fuck me up for some reason. I'm also a refrigerator size like Dan. I'm not as tall, but uh, I am wide. And for some reason they fucked me up. And so I, I was fucked, but it was transcendent. It was nuts. I couldn't, that show was it amazing. was one of the best shows I've ever seen. So number two, Wait, oh, sorry. We have a we have a fucking fifteen dollars sleep sticker from that show on our clip. Oh yeah, from Al. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So it's funny because Al and I actually saw each other at that show, and then we drank a bunch of warm old styles with his uncle in a parking lot, yeah. <laughs> and then they drove me home. Yeah. So <laughs> Uncle Greg, dude. Uncle Greg, Uncle is Greg. Where most of our low fills go, dude. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that makes total sense. If I, I lived with them, I lived with them for a while, so I would be drinking those if I still lived there. That, Shout out to Uncle Greg. That feels like a third best T-shirt. Uncle Greg is where the low fills go. All right, I've got a couple yeah. ideas for shirts. That's amazing. It's perfect. Also, perfect. Also, also what I'm learning is that our next uh, our next Black Stack and Falling Knife uh, collab is going to be theme on sleep. I'm down. Dude, like, oh, dude, guy that so down. It up so from, down. Uh, from a brewery in South Dakota. And it was like the middle of the day. He's the only person in the tap room. And I was like in the middle of a brew and was just talking to him at the bar. And he, like, somehow we got onto the topic of sleep. And he was like, oh, like, you're into them? And I was like, yeah, man, I fucking love them. And he was like, check this out. And he showed me a fucking needle, like a, a cross stitch that he'd done of the fucking Dope Smirker album cover. And he was yeah, like, literally, he was like, this is, he's like, I've spent over 80 hours on this. And I was like, so you wanna sell it? <laughs> <laughs> it was legit, it was like a fucking, it was like probably 18 by 18 of just the Dope Smirker album cover. Yeah, dude. Dan, it was like, this is the Dan just, fucking thing. Yes, yes. Dan just pulled out his vinyl of, of Dope Smoker, which also is the one that's on my fucking yeah. it's holographic, like a Charizard Dude. card. I also have mine on my vinyl fucking player right now, too, on my record player, so I can go yeah. grab it, but I'm in my closet like normal. I'm not a huge metal guy. I'm, I'm mostly a metal face guy, but like the, the stoner <laughs> Dread Read Doom shit with no lyrics is where I, that's the stuff. Oh, I man. So this, this give, was me a a song, give me a song that's an hour long. So this was a gift yeah, from, uh, from Scott Butters. Of the local restaurant scene. Yeah, it's a holographic. Yeah, dude, like a Charizard card. It's like that holographic Charizard Pokemon card. That's it. I threw them, my mom fucking threw them away, dude. I was like, you guys, <laughs> just like, this is why I never graduated college. Is you threw yeah. You're like, I, I could have I bought yeah. Bricksworth with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I literally do. Damn the it, book, mom. The book of fucking, I was selling pokemon and magic cards because the guy that was remodeling our my parents house when i was in third grade was a, a distribution like had a distribution license for wizards of the coast oh, nice. so we could buy, like we could buy the booster packs from him and i was just selling them 
in fucking third grade. And I was like, what is money mean? Like, oh my God, like I can open booster packs. So just, the book that me and my brother had of cards was so asinine, dude. It was like, it was offensive. Yeah. And then literally, I remember my brother going over to like search through our room from childhood to look for him. And he'd be like, where, mom, where are Pokemon cards? She's like, oh, I threw those out. Like, why would we keep them? She's like, he's like what? <laughs> the realization. Yeah, was like, that was yeah, like $20,000 worth of Pokemon cards. <laughs> Number two, I saw Murder City Devils play the main room. At, I don't know what year it was. Also, Uncle Greg. Also, yeah. also fucking Al was there. 2000, um, 2007 ish. After right they reunited, 2007, 2008. We won was, the tickets on 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 a radio station. That is a band that that is super important to me. Dan and I have bonded over that. That's my one of my picks in the Falling Knife uh, jukebox. I fucking love that band, and I saw them live, and it was one of the best shows. The main singer Spencer was super drunk, and I don't think I've ever. He forgot like, the lyrics to Bear Down. He show. forgot the lyrics to Bear Down. I was at that show. <laughs> yeah. Leslie yeah. looked like she couldn't yeah. care less. Yeah. And and he forgot no, the lyrics to cared. Bear Down. It was, yeah. And that's also Murder City. I Devils. do not care. They played the sloppiest shit and it was so fucking good. And it was the like epitome of that shitty punk rock that I wanted to hear. It sounded perfect. It was amazing. So that's number two. Number three, again, sticking on the theme of Al Green and fucking Uncle Greg because apparently that has shaped my childhood or my teenage years and my early 20s. Uh, we saw we saw Del the Funky Homo Sapien there, and it was like a 21-plus show, and Del didn't go on until probably fucking midnight, also drunk, and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen, and he was fucking great, and Uncle Greg was drunk off of Red Stripes and was pushing me all over the place, and it was, it was just fun. Like... I, it was one of those shows where it was like, this show would have sucked if I wasn't there with my friends. And it was amazing. So shout out to Uncle Greg. You're all main room. All main room. But there's, I mean, I saw a bunch of different really, I saw a lot of good shows in the fucking, in the, oh, in the. Uh, there's there's no judgment. There's no judgment on that. No, I know. Just I know. All three of your top three are main room. That's, that's interesting to read. Yeah. Murph. Yeah. What do you got? Man, dude. You asked the question. No, I did. I also didn't know I was going to be asking the question until you asked me to ask the question. And then I thought of it because we ended up talking about fucking first half for 20 minutes of the first segment of the show. But yeah, but welcome to third best podcast. <laughs> so, man, dude, like I had, first off, let's just delve in, like the best, best show I ever saw. I've seen a million shows at 7th Street because a lot of my friends have performed there over over the years but the best or two best shows like one was canadian band called the sheepdogs and they they make this like like very 60s 70s like classic rock am radio like sounding shit and they're phenomenal oh, yeah the other one was this this gay punk band called power bottom like oh i know power bottom yeah like pwr yeah. ptm yep. and that yep. show was fucking rad it was incredible for top three i gotta go number number three for me is funkadelic in the main room dude so like one of my one of my best friends 
who's still one of my best friends, but my buddy Otis, his dad owned part of the sound system. So we'd like always have a, a, a plus one. So like we were going to way too many shows for the longest of time. And there's, I can't believe I, I didn't have the money for this. I can't believe that like we got to ride down here type of thing. And then amazing, amazing times. But like the, so number three, I got to go with, or yeah, Funkadelic. Whitney was also fucking incredible, but like we showed up right in the middle of flashlight because my shithead friend like had done something at his parents' house and needed to finish cleaning. And I remember just yelling at them the entire way from Linden Hills to First <laughs> Avenue, like, fuck you, like, I know. Like, anyways, we missed Flashlight, or most of it, but then the rest of the show is absolutely incredible. Dude, uh, number two, that would have been so good. That would have been so good, fuck. Yeah. Um, I gotta go De La Soul. Like, I, I delayed nice. moving into my college dorms by three days. I missed all the fun bonding learning name games at Madison because I wanted to <laughs> at fucking First Avenue. I was like, I'm not missing this. <laughs> Absolutely incredible, dude. Like, it, yeah, they're they're one of my favorite groups of all time, but it was, and I'd never seen them before. So it was like one of those things where it's like, I can't fucking miss this. Like, we got to make this happen. And yeah, that was phenomenal. But um, number one, dude, was, was Nas. Like, the Nice. anniversary show and fuck speaking of speaking of people being incredibly late and ridiculously high like he literally showed up you know he's like two hours late like as as rappers are want to do and my bot my buddy dylan who's or like still one of my really good friends um was literally like smoking a blunt in the front row and he just came out and did he did new york state of mind but then as soon as the Damn. like as soon as that was over, like he and he did like couldn't even see his eyes obvious and he like lifted his sunglasses and I was like, I've never, <laughs> I've never seen more bloodshot or thinly fucking veiled eyes in my entire fucking life. <laughs> and like immediate like you know, he's performing all all ten songs in a row, which is like literally like fuck me in the face. Like this is you know, this is my childhood, this is my like I couldn't be more excited. And my homie's just in the front row. Like, we used to be right under the right staircase because that was the place that you'd smoke once. Yeah. Yep. 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 And uh, literally, so, like, Nas, like, finishes New York State of Mind and then starts the fucking intro to Life's a Bitch and literally walks up to my homie in the front row, s- grabs a blunt out of his mouth, and then turns his back and is literally just standing, <laughs> facing away from the crowd, and just doing this fucking dance while he's just hitting this blunt, like, housing, it's probably like this much of a blunt left. And he just smokes the entire thing on stage while he's just doing this dance where he's just like. <laughs> it's like the whole fucking AZ verse plays out. And then as soon as it's his fucking time, he like tosses the fucking roach of the blunt onto the stage and then just goes into his verse. And I was like, wow. Hey, just wow. the quickest fucking thing I've ever seen. I, yeah, it just made me so happy. I was like, this is 
like yes this is what i wanted to fucking see dude like yeah, yeah. good question murph good question that's that a, a that's that awesome. i mean it's very like minneapolis we, but also a great question thank you to everyone for support that we've gotten so far as we get off the ground please give us a follow on instagram and facebook at third best pod that's the number three rd best pod uh we're now available on apple podcast if that's your chosen platform Woo-hoo! hey it took a little bit of time i had to seek out my password for apple because I am an Android man. Android is best. Please, please recommend us to friends that enjoy dumb arguments. Answer the questions in our stories. Shoot us a message if you've got a topic that you'd like to discuss with us. And also, go listen to our Brothers in Pod, Libations for Everyone. Thank you to Murph for showing up for this. And also, thank you to Ben Granger for our theme song. Cheers, Murph. Adios. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Thanks, All right, dudes. We'll talk to you later. Bye, y'all.